You're listening to episode 107 of Diferente. Welcome back to another amazing week of thought-inspiring content. I want to take a moment to thank those who have reviewed the show and shared Diferente with others. Every review counts and your support makes a huge impact. Before we get started, I want to ask you a little favor. Please, please, please share Diferente with a friend, family member, frenemy, ex-lover, colleague, whoever you think will benefit from listening. Why? Because word of mouth is basically the only way that people will hear this super sweet podcast. You know, I don't ask for much, but I am going to ask that you please share the love. Post a link to Diferente on your social media and let your friends know why you're listening. Or you can also text the show directly to someone. Isn't that so easy? Your support means the world to me. Now, let's get on with the show. My guest this week is Atisa Vasanji. I can't rave enough about this wonderful woman. And once you get to hear her story, you will also understand why she's so remarkable. Atisa is not only a fabulous dresser and a charismatic world traveler, she's also the head of marketing of wealth management at Barclays. She's a great example of all of the awesomeness that can come when we get out of our comfort zone and challenge ourselves to do things that scare us. In this episode, you'll hear about how confidence can help us achieve career goals, how it gives us the courage to get out of our comfort zones, and even how to date with confidence. Get ready. Mauricio, bring the beat in. Bienvenidos. Welcome to Diferente. My name is Maribel Quesada-Smith. I'm an expert at questioning everything who wants to bring more color into your life. I'll be coming to you every week with a little humor and a mountain of passion to share with you experiences and lessons in life, culture, creativity, and business that will inspire all of us to explore different perspectives. Don't be surprised if you find yourself motivated to shake things up. That's known to be a side effect of the Diferente life, and it's contagious. Now let's get to it. I'm here with Atisa, my dear friend from London. How are you? Thank you for being in the studio today. I'm good. I'm super excited to be in the studio. It's so good to be here. I'm so happy that you were able to come visit us. Can you give us a little brief introduction into your story? Yeah, sure. So I'm from London, as you said, but I grew up in a small town called Leicester. It has a really large population of the Hindu community. So it was really nice being able to grow up with my culture. And then I moved to London four years ago. I studied there too and absolutely love the city. I have some really great friends, an amazing job. So yeah, so that's kind of my story so far. And I'm just, uh, I'm 35. I'm kind of taking the plunge to just live life by the balls and do my thing. <laughs> Let's talk about how we met because I think yeah. that's such a serendipitous <laughs> story. We were just talking about it last night again. <laughs> So my husband, Doug, and I were on our honeymoon in Italy, and we were in Rome, and we were down at the Trevi Fountain walking around at night, and I spotted this little tiny cute bar up above the fountain on top of like a rooftop, and I said, let's go. Let's see what's up there. I don't know. Something like called me there. So we went up there. We sat down, and we were trying to figure out what to drink. I saw this Aperol Spritz on the menu, yeah. and I had never had Aperol, so I was thinking, oh, should I try this? I don't know. What does it taste like? I was asking the waiter and then you turned around. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I could just hear her asking all of these questions. What's in it? What does it taste like? What kind of flavor is it? <laughs> will so I, me, will I like it? 
And this is like the waiter. He doesn't know if she's going to like it or not. He doesn't know her. So I kind of was like, I was sat on the table next to them, turned around and I just said, if this is your first time in Italy and you haven't had an Aperol, you have to try one. Whether you're going to like it or not, it's just one of the things that you have to do. And then we just got chatting and and the night kind of ran away with us. Oh, we ended up like sitting together because we didn't want to hug the space. And then we went to dinner and the rest is history. Now you're here visiting us only a couple months later. So, But the reason I want to share the story is because I think it took a lot of confidence on your part Mm -hmm. to even speak up to strangers and to want to strike up a conversation with us when you hadn't even known us at all. Do you normally talk to strangers like that at a bar? No, or never. Was this out of your comfort zone? Completely out of my comfort zone. So I was on a trip, my first trip traveling alone. So that alone was completely out of my comfort zone. And no, I never talk to people randomly in bars. And London is kind of a city where it's so busy. Everyone's going about doing their own thing. So sometimes you kind of feel like you can't strike up a conversation as well. But I was kind of had no choice, I guess. Well, I did, but I kind of felt like I didn't. And I thought if I want to meet people, if I want to embrace everything that this trip has to offer, then I have to put myself out there. I have to make the effort. I have to be the one to strike up a conversation and not expect people to just come over and talk to me. And let's talk a little bit about what happened that evening because yeah. <laughs> it was, again, you know, it's like the universe conspires to to just bring you with together with other people sometimes or it conspires to just help you achieve what you're looking to do and what you're passionate about. You were on this trip mm-hmm. for 35 days celebrating life in general and you were on holiday by yourself doing something completely out of your comfort zone. And what was happening? What was going through your mind before you met us? Yeah, so that day was my last day in Rome. And every place that I went to, I would always keep the last day free for me to just not be kind of worried about sightseeing and seeing stuff, but just have the opportunity to enjoy whatever was on offer. Just walking around Rome. I'd done all of my sightseeing. I had a great day. But then I got to a point where something hit me and I was about four weeks into my trip and something hit me and I felt incredibly homesick and I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to go. I was done. I was like, this is enough. I've had long enough here. I want to leave. I just want to go back to the hotel and do nothing. And similarly to you guys, I spotted this bar and I was like, well, that looks cool. So I went and sat at the bar, but I still had this overwhelming feeling of kind of anxiety. Like I just don't want to be here anymore. Grabbed a coffee, had that, and then the tables at the front became clear. So I I got a spot there and thought, I'll have a glass of wine. And then you guys came and sat on this table next to me. (laughs) And there's Maribel asking all these questions about this drink. (laughs) And it ended up being the best night. And I kind of remember sitting there thinking, yeah, universe, you heard me. You saw that self-doubt. You heard that I kind of was having a moment and you sent me two amazing people to just make me realize that actually I was doing the right thing. I was doing my thing and just a, a reminder that I wasn't on my own and pushing me to outwardly speak to people. And almost rewarding you for your bravery and your confidence. I can totally relate. I feel that that happens often when you get to a low point in a journey whatever that may be, if you're pursuing your passion or if you're just working on something that's very challenging and you get to a point in that journey that seems like you're at the lowest and you don't think that you can keep going any further, suddenly the universe just sends you the keys. The universe sends you this 
ray of light that confirms that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened that night. You received the information that confirmed that you were doing well and you're brave and you're able to keep going on your own through this trip. That's a really good point to kind of jump off of and talk about what does confidence mean to you? Yeah. When people ask me, are are you a confident person? I will be like, yeah, yeah, sure I am. But I have insecurities as a woman and in terms of appearance, but also as a woman in my career. There are all these things that sometimes I think I might be outwardly confident with meeting people or, or creating a great network of friends. But in some areas of my life, perhaps not so much. So when I was growing up, um, I was the little chubby fat kid. Um, my sister was like super slim and she's very petite and beautiful. So I was always kind of like the little fat one. And that kind of stayed with me as it would, you know, as a child. And like my parents would be like trying to make me eat healthy. And I know that it came from a really good place. But for me, it was always kind of like I felt inferior because of my body in comparison to my sister. So I think that has always kind of stayed with me. And if I'm kind of outdating or meeting guys in this world of social media and online dating, where it is all about appearance. I think that's still kind of in the back of my mind sometimes, like, oh, she looks greater than me. Well, she's probably been photoshopped, but, you know. Yeah, a lot of them have, (laughs) absolutely. Um, And then in my career as a woman, yeah, I think it's the same sort of thing. I know that I've worked really hard for my career. I went to university. I have three degrees. I knew what I wanted to do for a really long time. But in my career at work, I work in the banking industry in London. It's heavily male dominated. So as a woman, sometimes, you know, when you want to progress into kind of leadership positions, it can be quite intimidating. And you have to kind of be really confident in what you do and what you know, but then project that in the right way to be able to kind of progress in your career as well. So I feel confident when I'm around my friends and family and I'm me. I'm always me everywhere. I bring my whole place, whole self to work. But yeah, there are these kind of two little things in my life that sometimes I think I kind of struggle with confidence. (laughs) We all struggle with confidence. I have my own stories and battles and insecurities. Well, I've talked about this before. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't really love my curls. I didn't really love my skin. I didn't love a lot of things about myself. And so that grew with me into adulthood. And I had to learn that being different is great. And being different can bring a lot of positive attributes to your own personality. So you just have to learn to embrace them. I think that it's easy to assume that some people don't have issues with confidence because they might seem very social and very confident when you meet them. But we all have something. We all have something that's in the back of our minds that sometimes creeps up and tells us, you're not good enough. Why do you think you can do this? How dare you? I think, and especially as women, because society tends to do that to us in general. That's normal, but that's why we're here today to kind of figure out how we can better learn to continue to be confident, to grow in our confidence. And maybe you can give us some tips because you've obviously been through a lot of (laughs) out of your comfort zone experiences that have taught you to be more confident. So let's talk about how you learn to be confident. Do you think you learned as a child or as a grown up? As a grown up, for sure. I think as I kind of grew older and I think it was after I kind of finished university and moved back home and that kind of pushed me to think about actually I'm going to have to put myself out there a bit more 
And then when I moved to London, that I think was the turning point for me. And living in London on my own was scary as well, like in itself. But I was like, I'm going to push myself to do this. And if I can do this, it's going to help me build the confidence to live in a city the size of London. And hopefully I can then take that and translate that into my work and my social interactions as well. And it wasn't easy, a number of reasons, financially and physically, being away from my family and emotionally as well. And the first six months I was there, I was like, what have I done? You know, I was like, would cry and be like, do I want to go back home? But now it's the best thing that I think I ever did. A very similar thing happened to me when I first graduated from college, from my undergrad. I was gung-ho about going to New York City. And I went to New York City that summer. I found a job. I got an offer. And then they rescinded the offer. So that really, really took something deep inside me that really messed with my confidence. That was for me like a very big turning point. So I didn't end up going to New York City. The funny thing is that a good friend of mine said to me, let's go, let's do it anyway. You'll be fine. I couldn't. It was a huge shot to my confidence. And it was devastating because it was one of those moments where it was a slap in the face reminder of who I was and how limited I was. And it was awful. So Fast forward a year later, I get an opportunity to meet with someone at a production company, a small production company in D.C. I went out to D.C. to visit. I met with her for coffee. She was really nice and she liked me. And she said, you know what? I think you would be a great intern. If you ever decide to come to D.C., you should definitely let us know and you could be an intern here. So I did it. But it took a while for me to recover from that hit on my confidence the year before. Again, you got out of your comfort zone and went to London. I got out of my comfort zone, went to D.C. And it definitely catapulted me into a different path and a different journey, which then helped me grow into my career. Right. But I have lost a little bit of that confidence as I've grown older. And I'm trying to explore that and learn why. But I think that when I was a kid, I was definitely more confident. And as I started growing up and I started living my career and my journey as an adult, I started getting hits to my personality, to my way of doing things, to the way that I even dressed or did my hair and things like that. And I think that slowly started to chip away at me a little bit. Now I'm reawakening, but it's taken me a while to realize that that had a significant effect in my life. How do you recover from that? I mean, you grew out of it. You're currently growing out of it, too, like you said. I definitely felt like I grew out of it when I moved, but then... I had similar situations where things would happen, where it would be like, you'd feel like you'd taken 10 steps forward and then 20 steps back. And I had a similar thing in my job. I was there for about two years and it's so rare that there's any opportunities for promotion that comes up. There was a role in my team. I applied for it and I didn't get it. And I interviewed with my line manager. I thought I was like, the right person to board this job. I, you know, I was doing it. I had the right skills and knowledge, everything. And I didn't get it. And it knocked me so hard because I was like, I wasn't the right person for the job. What do I need to do? What haven't I been doing right? Why did that happen? What do I need to change? And I remember saying to one of my friends at work, I was like, I'm just not good enough. But she was like, no, you're better. That's why you didn't get the job. And I didn't understand what she meant at the time, but it was like a whole year and a half later. And then 
situations turned around and now an opportunity came up that was so much better. And now I know what she means by that. Yeah. I hate to use the cliche that everything happens for a reason, but sometimes that's so true. So everything does end up working out sometimes. But I think that there are things that help you feel confident. And I want to talk about that a little bit. What are the things that surround you that help you feel more confident? Absolutely. My friends make me feel more confident. Not just in times where I will have open conversations with them, because I'm so lucky that I have a support network that I can be really honest. It saddens me for people who may be having internal struggles, but they don't have anyone where they can actually speak to about it. And I think just being surrounded by really great, inspirational, positive people really helps because I kind of feel like I bounce off them and I thrive off that. And I've, and I've started to realize that, that being around those situations or those people really boosts me and it helps me. And I know for some people it goes the opposite way where they'll kind of, if they're surrounded by people who are really successful, confident or project themselves in, in a great way, that it makes them doubt themselves and be like, oh, I can't be like that. Whereas for me, I think it's the other way. Yeah, I was going to say that I think some people feel the opposite, but that's an insecurity. And I think that that happens because we have insecurities telling us that we have to somehow feel like we need to compete. So we need to remind ourselves that there's room for everyone to grow, not just for our own growth, but for everyone. And it's good for us to be surrounded with positive, inspiring people who are doing great things. I totally agree with that. I have the same feeling. Well, also, I get confidence from coffee in the mornings, <laughs> like right now. But I do get confidence from being around people who have energy and have positive thoughts and are doing great things in their lives and also are willing to teach and are willing to help others. So it's important to be surrounded by positive people. And it's important to let go of friendships or relationships that are not helping you grow, that are constantly holding you back. Have you been in that situation before where you've had to let go? There was a situation where I was doing really great and things were going really well for me. And I could feel this sense of jealousy from this friend kind of acquaintance, really. She would always be quite open with me and we would have really open chats. So I didn't quite understand why when she could see that things were going right for me, that it was taking her into this downward spiral. But there was just no way that I could kind of pull her out of it. And I thought I kind of just wanted to remove myself from being around her so often because I just didn't want to continue to feel that energy or feel bad for being successful and that's what I wanted and that's what I worked hard for so and you shouldn't have to feel bad about doing great things that's something that I've kind of talked about a little bit before I think that part of the reason why I have maybe stopped feeling so confident at times is because I let other people's insecurities tell me how I should act and tell me how I should be. And you can't do that. Like I said before, it chips away at your core. And then slowly you end up realizing one day that you're not who you used to be. How am I so afraid? How am I not brave anymore? I've had those moments. In the last couple of years, I've had to ask myself that, what happened? I used to be so fearless. And then suddenly I'm not. So now I'm trying to, like I said, explore and dig deep into my core to figure out how to get that back, which is why now I want to move into the two major areas in life where I've noticed most people lack confidence, which are careers and their dating lives. I'm interrupting this awesome episode to ask you a favor. Will you take a few seconds to leave a review? 
Tell me what other topics you would like to hear on the show. It takes less than 30 seconds to write a review and you can help change lives. Okay, I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but that's the kind of impact that Diferente is all about. A brighter outlook, a different perspective, all of this can be life transforming. Let's start with career confidence first. In the short time that I've known you, I feel that you demonstrate that you have a significant amount of confidence in your career and in your abilities as a professional. Give us some pointers about having the confidence to achieve your career goals, such as this latest promotion that you got. Talk yeah. about talk about the promotion. Brag a little bit. Tell know, us. right? So, yeah. So I said earlier, I went for a promotion about a year and a half ago and I thought it was mine. And tell us where you work. So I work for Barclays Bank in London in Canary Wharf. So it is a super crazy, busy place, but it's great. And I'm really lucky that I work with some amazing, creative, talented people. So I work in marketing. I kind of don't work for the bank, but I work in the creative side. So it's still super fun. So about a year and a half ago, I applied for that promotion and I didn't get it. And it knocked me massively. And at the time, like I said, my friend was like, it's not that you're not good enough, you're better. And then a lot of my peers who joined the company around the same time, within that year and a half, got promotions. And I was like, I'm the last one. What have I not done? I don't understand. Why is this happening? And I remember having a conversation with my director at the time. And he kind of said to me, I really respect you. And I was like, what do you mean by that? He said, well, there's been lots of other roles that have come up, but lots of other opportunities, but I've seen that you haven't actively put yourself forward for them. And these are the ones that other colleagues of mine had been successful in securing. And he was like, and I know why that is. It's because you know that they're not the right ones for you. For whatever reason, you know what it is that you want to do. You have a really firm um, career plan. And I respect you for sticking to that and not selling out just for a promotion within that year and a half. And then this role that came up in at the beginning of the year was the one, was the perfect one for me. And I applied for it and I was so scared. And I think I was more scared because I wanted it more, but I was terrified. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get it. This is like a huge opportunity. I'm not going to get it. But I did. And now I'm leading a team of nine amazing women. I'm the head of marketing for Barclays Wealth Management. I've got the opportunity to make a real difference and apply my skill sets in a way that that area of the business has, hasn't explored before. And everyone's kind of said, you are absolutely the right person for the role. And not just kind of being too confident or anything, but it is a big... Be too confident. <laughs> Yeah, we can take it. <laughs> it is a bigger role. It has more responsibility. It has more exposure. It has more emphasis on it than any of the other roles that, as my director had said, I had passed by. And I know for me, that is firmly set on my career path and it's going to propel me to the next step too. And that's the reason why I kind of waited to make sure that the right opportunity came along. But at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, everyone else is being promoted around me and I'm still at this level, but I have worked so hard for my career. Like a lot of them were younger than me. I have been working in the industry for almost 14 years. I had three degrees. I'd worked across different industries, perfecting my craft. And then I had kind of people who were 22 
propelling in front of me. And I was like, this is not okay. But now I just realized that I, without realizing it, had stayed so true to what I knew was my career goals and what my career ambitions were. And having done that, now I worked hard to wait for that right opportunity to come along. And it absolutely is the right opportunity and has been the best thing. Let's talk about two things that we can advise people on doing towards their career in order to achieve their career goals. What are two things that you would say are major? So I think firstly is being really, really clear of what you want. What does success mean to you? Not what does success mean in comparison to somebody else at work or your friends, your family or anybody else. Everybody defines success differently. So be really clear on what success means to you first. And then the second thing, I guess, is kind of in two parts. So it's putting in the steps to achieve that success and being realistic with the timeframes to do that. So sometimes I think people become really ambitious and will set unrealistic goals. And then when they don't achieve them, they get disappointed and it affects their confidence because they think that they're not good enough. But actually, it's not that. It's just that they haven't given themselves enough time within their career to develop their craft to be able to progress to achieve that. So I think that's the key thing. And when you're kind of defining what success looks like to you, don't compare it to anybody else because that's where you will feel disappointed because if you are comparing to somebody else and then that isn't right for you, it's never going to be right for you. You won't achieve it and then you'll feel constantly disappointed. So I think that's the key thing is define what success means to you. What about negotiating? I think yeah. that's huge. That would be number two for me. You have to be able to know how to negotiate not just your salary, but your position, where you're working from, the things that are important to you. So, so first, you need to know what's really important to you, what's going to make you happy, and then be able to negotiate. Don't be afraid to negotiate. I think a lot of us are afraid to ask for what we deserve or we think we don't deserve to get a lot more or to get what we were thinking we should get. And we don't ask for it and then we don't get it. So give us a pointer on negotiating. I was quite lucky in, in my negotiations. So when my offer came through, I was like, this is great. Thanks. I'll take some time to think about it. And I went back with a series of number of questions based on what I knew should be part of my package. And I just kind of continued with it. And I wasn't kind of like, this isn't enough and I want more. I was just kind of like very firm and very clear. This is my expectation. This is what I believe my worth is. Can we please think about how we can come to an agreement? Be prepared to walk away as well. Yes. When they've given you the offer, they want you for the job. Now, I'm not saying use that and be like, yeah, I'm not going to work for you for, you know, unless you give me a million dollars. Yeah, because that's <laughs> just unrealistic. But know that they want you. They already want you. That's a very good point. They came to you. They gave you the offer. They've given you the offer. They want you now. The ball is firmly in your court. So use that and don't be afraid to use that because that should boost your confidence to be like, actually, you want me now because they've already made the offer. So they're not going to want to let you go once they've done that. So, yeah, I was in a really good position in that sense because I already worked there. I knew that they wanted me in the role. 
So that helped me negotiate. But at the same time, I didn't want to, and this is probably me as a person as well, um, I didn't want to start off that new chapter in my life on a bad footing. So I was very conscious of how I negotiated and I didn't want that to have any kind of reflection on me as a person as well. So I think it's really important. Some people go in and negotiate hard and they'll be kind of so firm and so adamant and very, not aggressive, but, you know, kind of come across as really, really firm. And that I think sometimes... So not flexible is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, and that can sometimes set off a new relationship or partnership in the on the wrong yeah. footing so I think there's a fine line you have to be careful be absolutely clear on what your position is but don't be an ass about it basically <laughs> <laughs> pardon our French <laughs> do you feel like this job this promotion has increased your confidence in other areas of your life for example maybe in your dating life have you noticed that it's seeped into your love life a little bit or what What do you think? Oh, I don't know. So the job definitely increased my confidence. Everyone has just been like, you definitely look and feel and sound so much more happy. I do feel like when I'm out more that I'm a bit more open with meeting guys. And I feel like even when I was, whilst I was away, I felt like a bit more open. But I think at the moment, because it's an, a new role and I want to be really good and successful at it it's um, you know two months in I haven't really focused too much on dating at the moment but everyone is kind of saying channel that energy and don't lose that and try and use that use that confidence that you have yeah. right now write it out write yeah. it into the dating side of your life they're like we can see it so you need to put yourself out there and you need to do that but yeah I do find that like when I'm out a bit more now that I'm a bit more kind of open to Having conversations with guys and putting myself out there a bit more. Um, online dating, I really do struggle with, but I'm trying to get a bit more better at that <laughs> and channel my energy into that. But I do find me as a person, I'm just better in person. I understand some people are just not for the online dating world. Unfortunately, that seems to be the trend <laughs> because people are just so busy. So I would advise that you should definitely continue to try online dating and the apps some of them are better than others but I still think that when you go out just having that energy about you and being willing to talk to strangers and people you've never met before who may be down at the other end of the restaurant or at the other end of the bar wherever you are that is important because you could miss out on someone great if you're afraid to yeah. speak up And I don't think that it should always be the guy who comes up and says hi. I mean, if you lock eyes with someone, you're allowed to say hello. You're it's doesn't make you look like you're, I guess, thirsty is what we say in the U.S. <laughs> just because you speak up first. So let's talk about two things mm -hmm. that I would recommend to help you let your guard down a little bit and be more open to dating. I think that everyone should embrace their quirks, their own personal Things that make them unique in order to be confident enough to find the right person for them. Because if you don't embrace your own quirks and what makes you different or unique, then how can you expect somebody else to? And let's just be real. Your quirks and your uniqueness is never going to go away. You can't yeah. wash that off. You can't erase it. It's who you are. So instead of fighting it, love it, embrace it. And that confidence will shine through as you meet new people. 
you might have thought, this is going to turn other people off. I'm too loud. I've been told by guys that I'm too loud, or I've been told by guys that I'm too forward. You know what? Then that guy is not for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or that woman is not for you. If that's what they're telling you, then they're not receiving you as you are. And the only way to have a true partnership with someone is to be received as you are. Do you feel like yeah. you've encountered a little bit of that? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things was they thought I was too successful. Oh, that's such a common thing as and a woman. Like, oh my gosh, why? That's what I do. That's not who I am. So basically they were intimidated by yeah. you. Yeah, and that's their insecurities yeah. and that's their issues with confidence, right? Absolutely. But And then I had the thing around my physical appearance as well. So, you know, there was this one guy who was like, can I ask what dress size you are? <gasps> And I was what? like, do you want to take a guess? And he was like a size eight, which is like a US 12. I oh, think. okay. Okay. No, it's a US four. Oh, okay. We're, we have the smaller sizes here. Yes. Okay. Got yeah. It. So anyway, I'm not a size eight. I'm, <laughs> I'm like a size 12 to 14, which most of women in the UK are. And yeah, and he was just like asking me what dress size I was. And I was like... What, you're only going to date a girl who's a certain size? And that's fine. So I asked him, how tall are you? <laughs> <laughs> so this must have been through online dating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then I didn't hear from him. Oh, like, did that turn him off? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it goes both ways. But I would never ask him how tall he was because that doesn't matter to me. It's about the person, right? I just want to meet someone that I got a connection with. But... I definitely struggle with that, especially online dating. They go by physical appearance. It's so superficial. I absolutely agree. That's I, You almost have to have like the best elevator pitch ever on your profile yeah. to get the attention if you don't want it to just be superficial. And maybe that's something that I should start providing as a service. I'll write your elevator pitches on Bumble <laughs> and Tinder. Yes. Just connect with me on social media at, at Diferente Life. And let me know if you want me to fix your profiles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I've learned now to be like, embrace my quirks. I've not struggled with my weight, but I've always had this thing with my weight for a long time. Last year, I, without even realizing it, just having a bit more of a healthier lifestyle. I didn't go on a diet or anything. I just started to be a bit more healthy without realizing had lost a lot of weight. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. And I feel like, you know, I'm in a really good place and I'm just like, this is me. Love me or hate me. Absolutely. This is me. There's no other option. <laughs> so number one, embrace your quirks for sure. Number two, I think is you have to get out of your comfort zone in order to feel confident to meet new people. If you are just at home swiping right and left all day, you're not going to meet the right people because you're not going to allow yourself exposure to other things. So I would say number two is get out of your comfort zone. Do something that scares you. Do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And you'll see how that gives you the energy that you need to be more open and let your guard down a little bit when it comes to dating. I mean, that's what I did. I went on 30 dates in 30 days, which was completely out of my comfort zone because I was always the one guy at a time kind of girl. Like, no, I can only date one guy at a time. Hell no. That all changed after those 30 days. And it helped me. It made me feel more confident about my abilities as someone who was single and dating. I was able to approach people more easily. And also, I was able to receive rejection a little bit better, which I think we all struggle with. 
that's a topic for another day, but you have to be open to rejection and be okay with it. Because if you're confident enough in your own quirks, then you have to understand that when someone says, oh, you're just not my type, that's not personal. You're just not their type. They just don't like you because their quirks don't fit with theirs. And that's fine. They're not your people. All right. So this has been awesome. But before we go, I really want to talk about two questions that I've been asking all of my guests. Number one, what is your passion? And number two, how do you define success? Oh, okay. So my passion at the moment is embracing new things. So at the moment, my passion is around seeking new opportunities, adventures, things that are going to help me either just have a really great time, like traveling and experiencing new cultures and meeting new people, or things that are going to grow me from a kind of development perspective, both in terms of my life development or my career. The other thing that I will have to admit that a lot of people who know me will say this is I love fashion. Oh, me too. (laughs) I love fashion. I had dreams of working for Vogue one day. And I think that's another thing for my confidence as well. I definitely feel more confident when I have a great outfit on. Just hearing the compliments of people like, oh my gosh, you look great. I was coming through the airport on Friday morning after being out the night before and three hours sleep. And I looked like a mess. And my friend who I was out with, it was her hen party, which you guys say bachelorette, (laughs) was saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you've only had three hours sleep. And I was like, yeah, I look a mess. And in that moment, a random lady said, oh, my gosh, I love your outfit. You look great. You did look great. So, yes. How do I define success is being surrounded by things that make me happy, but also feeling happy in myself. Ah, okay. So whether that is like... I felt really hungover and this lady said that I look great (laughs) and that actually made me feel happy. So I had a successful outfit choice that day. So yeah, it's things like that. Things that make me happy, that make me smile. That's how I define success. Obviously, I do have career plans, life goals, and I didn't achieve them. and, And it really did make me doubt myself when I turned 35. I had a bit of a meltdown because I was like, I'm 35 and I haven't achieved some of these life goals. But I looked at my life and I was happy. As long as you're growing and you're learning. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter that I hadn't ticked off some of those things at the times that I thought I was going to. But I was still happy and I was still on the right path and the right trajectory to get there. Well, I think that it's important also to remember that if you don't get to what you think you should get, you are going to be disappointed. So what you have to do is understand that life is a winding journey. So don't always rely on your happiness, meaning that you've checked things off. You cannot do that because Mm -hmm. then you will be disappointed. Life doesn't work like that. You have to value more feelings. I want to feel happy and secure in myself. I want to feel confident and I want to feel like I have stability in my life. That to me is more realistic than saying, oh, I'm going to feel successful when I get a house and when I have a husband and when I have kids or vice versa, when I have a wife. Then you're setting yourself up for failure because if you don't get one of those things, then what? You're not going to be happy? No, that's not how life works. Exactly. Embrace the feelings instead of the things Mm -hmm. because that's more of a tell of whether you're doing well in life or not, I think. Absolutely agree with that. And also, if you have a list or a plan and you haven't achieved some of those things, it's okay to change that plan. Right. It's okay to move the path because... Don't forget, as you're setting those goals, you are in a different situation or a different person. And within a certain period of time, you may grow in a different way. 
you may meet different people that make you open your eyes to see things in a different perspective. And that's probably why you haven't achieved those things, because your mindset and mind frame is in a different space. And it's okay to change that as well. Well, thank you so much for making time to sit with us today at the studio and for visiting us here. I've had a great time. I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to meet you guys and come and visit you in this great place. So yeah, (laughs) it's been so much fun. Well, we'd love to have you again. So come back anytime. But in the meantime, where can people catch up with you online? You can catch up with me on at Atisa on Instagram. And I also have another Instagram handle, which is at 35 at 35 which is my year of yes. So I'm saying yes. <laughs> okay, rhymes. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying yes to new adventures, experiences and things that are going to help develop me. Um, there's Some of them are small, some of them are big and I log them all on my Instagram account, 35 at 35 or on my blog, which is 35 at 35.co.uk. Perfect. We'll have that on the show notes so people can just <laughs> click on it or copy paste. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It is a fact of life that you cannot achieve a lot of things without confidence. In fact, I'm a big believer that without confidence, you really can't achieve much at all. What's your own personal struggle or journey with confidence? Are you someone who needs to build your confidence or are you someone who's super confident already and doesn't need the help of anyone? If that's the case, then awesome. But if not, if you're like me and you're always going through a journey of discovery and gaining confidence in this life, then continue to listen and keep tuning in because we're going to continue to revisit this topic of confidence. Confidence is not going anywhere. It's never in style and it's never out of style. It just is. Let's continue this conversation on Instagram or Facebook. Find the links in the show notes and hop on over to let us know what makes you feel confident. Thank you for listening to Diferente. If you liked this episode, let me know by leaving a five-star review and by sharing a screenshot of this podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Just don't forget to tag me at Adiferente Life so I can know you're listening. Hasta pronto.